What does it mean to live a cultivated life? To cultivate means to nurture and grow. It also means to try to develop a skill, sentiment, or quality. Losing my daughter, Aria, taught me that life is short, that none of us knows when our days will come to an end. How do you want to live your life? Who are the people that matter to you? Living with intention and purpose while navigating grief and loss is what the Cultivated Family Podcast is all about. I realized how important compassion for myself was in grief and how important compassion is for other people in their lives. What I want to offer is a message of hope, compassion, and love. You are not alone, my friend, so let's dive in. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode on the Cultivated Family Podcast. This is Megan Hillica, and I'm going to dive into the past, present, and future selves of who we are after grief and loss. And I'm really excited. This is my first time doing a video for YouTube, so if you like it, um, subscribe below and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a few things I've been up to before I dive in. I have been planning and dreaming for the future. I know grief can make the, the future feel difficult. Um, I'm in a place where I'm really excited to plan for my future and I set a few goals that I want to share with you. So I am doing gonna run a half marathon this year um hopefully this summer we'll see how that works out and then I also set a goal which feels very scary and big to me to help 2,000 women with grief so for me that is anybody who reaches out to me and lets me know that they have you know felt help from all the free stuff that I do or if anybody Anybody that buys my programs or courses or works with me one-on-one -on -one as a grief coach, those all go, go towards my 2,000 women. So I'm really excited to help as many people as I possibly can this year. And without further ado, let's dive into what I'm going to talk about today. So we can all acknowledge that grief changes you as a person, that as soon as grief comes into your life, you are a different person. And I, when I think about myself before grief, like right after, I would look at myself, I would see a picture of myself, and I would get so sad. I would cry and cry and cry and just long to be that person I was because I didn't think that I could have that joy, you know, so I'd see a picture of me smiling and I would be like, that girl did not know. <laughs> Little did that girl know what was ahead of her. Little did that girl know what kind of grief was going to come into her life and how her life was going to change and how she was going to change. And so I would get so sad for myself and I would long to be able to have that free joy again, like that. It's like a innocent joy that just comes instead of like, you know, right away it was like, is joy possible again? Can I have laughter? Can I have laughter without pain? And so that was something I struggled with. And I think we all do. And so that's why it's important to talk about the person we were before our person died. Because I think that it's so important to grieve that person because that person is not coming back. We can sit there and try and try and try all we want to keep reaching for that person and try to be that person but you're not coming back. 
It's a different person. The day your person died, that person you were died along with them. If you think of it like a house, the whole house, the everything, foundation, everything is shattered. There is no rebuilding that same exact house. And if you want to keep going with that analogy, why would you want to build the same house? Would you want to build something that's better than before? Maybe you're not in a place to to reach for that yet, but if you're going to do the work of rebuilding the house, why don't you build something better? Why don't you try to, to reach for a better version of yourself? And that can be very painful, I know. So let me let me back up here. So I want to talk about then after your pre-before grief, and then you have after grief. And so that might be the present moment for you. I, I don't know where you are in your grief journey, but I, I feel like there's a period of limbo between who you were and who you're going to become. And this period of limbo is so difficult. It's so painful. It's so like you're, you don't even know if you're going to make it out of this. And I think it's so important to honor where you're at, to honor who you are right now, to, to take a moment and reflect on what you've been through because grief, loss, whoever you are grieving in your life, whatever you're grieving, your pain is real. Your pain is valid. Acknowledge that and like sit with that for a moment and, and acknowledge to yourself that you know what? The pain I'm feeling is real and it's valid and it's okay to feel this. And you know, I to, to be with that instead of being like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be feeling this. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Why is this happening to me? Just let's take a step back. Let's acknowledge what you're going through and then acknowledge how far you've come because it's so easy to think that I'm not going fast enough. I'm not doing this right. I'm not grieving in the right way. I'm not grieving fast enough. There is no race in grief. You just take a step back and see, look how far you've come. Look at what you've done in your grief so far. When grief came into my life, I felt broken and stuck. And I often wondered if I was doing this whole grieving thing right. I was on a journey to get rid of my grief, to be done with it. And little did I know that grief is a part of my life now. And that to begin healing, I really needed to mesh my life and my grief together. That grief is this invisible person that has come to walk by my side the rest of my life, and I cannot get rid of it. So how do you mesh grief together with your life? How do you know if you are taking steps forward in your grief? This is what I help you with in grief coaching. I help you create space and awareness around your grief so you can learn to have happiness, joy, contentment, and be excited about your future. Your story is not over. I truly believe that. Your loss is a part of your story, but you have so much life left to live. If you want to do the work and you are committed to working through your grief, I am here to help you and I truly, truly believe in you. To schedule a free 30-minute call with me, you can go to www.meganhillica.com slash griefcoaching. That's www.meganhillica.com slash griefcoaching. Something I would always worry about would be like, I kept asking people like, what, what am I going to do if somebody else dies? 
What am I going to do if this happens again? I cannot handle any more grief in my life. And I thought that before Aria, my daughter, died. I thought I would not be able to handle somebody close to me dying. But the reality is that we we are given the strength to deal with what we what what comes our way and the reason i couldn't handle it before is because i didn't need the strength then because i my daughter hadn't died and then what i was reminded of often you know when i would worry about that it was like well okay number 1 we worry about so many things that have not happened i know i know anxiety is real and i know it's a a big fear. So I'm not discounting that, but it has not happened. And then look at where you're at now. Look at how far you've come in your grief now. It might not feel very far. It might not feel like you've done that much, but I want you to acknowledge that it is far and you have done a lot of work. And so some way of starting to be compassionate with ourselves beginning to um, appreciate who we are and where we become, I want you to start paying attention to your feelings and emotions. So we can get stuck in patterns, especially with grief, we can get stuck in patterns of emotions. And so I want you to start paying attention to what are the three emotions I am feeling on a regular basis. So we kind of reach for those. We we might not realize that we're reaching for those feelings. We might think that, oh, everything's coming and going, but we, we kind of replay the same things over and over if we don't start to notice them and start to begin to, you know, like choose, do I want to feel that way or do I not? So I want you to begin to pay attention to what are those three emotions. You can get a piece of paper, you can write down the three emotions that you feel um, at the end of the day, reflect on the day and do that over a week or two and then look at what, what are the patterns that are coming up? What are the, the feelings that you keep having? Um, so I have been thinking about, about this time last year, we had, or not last year, three years ago, we had gone, um, as a family to Florida. So this was after Aria died. We went as a family, we had three kids, at the time. And it was amazing because it felt like we could spend some quality time together as a family. But when I think back on it and I think of where I was and where my mental health was, my emotional health was, where I was at in my grief, I like look back at where I was and where I am now. And I am so incredibly grateful. On that trip in Florida, we slept separately. We actually, Justin and I slept separately for a long time. But in that trip, I remember Justin slept on the living room couch so he could be by Breelin and I got the room to myself. I know I'm a little high maintenance, but I got the room to myself. And, and if I just picture myself there, I'm like sitting in the room and I like, I don't want anybody around me because I would be panicking and freaking out if there was people sleeping near me. So I needed everybody away from me, but I needed all my kids to be by people. So Justin would sleep by by our baby Breland. And 
that place was so heavy. And when I think about now and I think about that that place, I didn't necessarily know what was possible for me in my life. I did not know that I w- it would be possible for me to be where I'm at today where I I feel like grief has meshed with me and my life where grief comes and goes where I have done a lot of heavy heavy difficult work but I still do work all the time I don't feel like my grief work or my life work my emotional work my mental health work is ever going to be done I'm going to keep working the rest of my life to keep doing better but I want you to think about your future which can feel really heavy with grief it can feel unimaginable. And I want you to ask yourself, what if your story isn't over? What if this isn't the end? What if, you know, when I when I think about myself at 23, when Aria died, I thought that, you know what, I'm there. <laughs> My life's over. What am I going to do? How do I keep going? How do I, like, do I even have any life left? Do I have joy and happiness? How am I going to live another, you know, 70 years or however long I live with this pain? And I can tell you for a fact, if you do the work, if you want to heal, if you want to decide to take action, to find healing, to mesh your grief with your life, that 70 years ahead of you or however many years will not feel so heavy. I have so much excitement for my future. It does not mean that grief does not live within me. It does not mean that I don't get sad. It does not mean that I am forgetting Aria. I remember her every single day. I think about her often. But I think when you can dream about your future, you can dream about what's possible and then you can take those steps, little, maybe even little tiny steps to get where you want to go in your future. What do you want to have in your future? What are the emotions that you want to have? What kind of life do you want to have? Do you want to be able to accept grief? Do you want to heal? Maybe you're in a place where you don't want to heal. I don't know. Sometimes it can feel really scary to heal because it it's the stories we tell ourselves about what does healing mean? Healing might mean to you that that you're forgetting or that you're moving on. And something I've learned is we don't forget and we don't move on. So it's up to you to do the work. It's up to you to to make these decisions, to to go through where you're grieving, who you were, to honor who you are in the moment, to start from that place of love and compassion with yourself, and then to reach for who do you want to be in the future? Who Who do you want to become? Because that's so, so incredibly important. And then like, think about how do you want to honor your child and remember them and then still fully live present in the life you have been given because you have so much life left to give. I don't think your story's over. (laughs) I really, really don't. So I have a free mini course called Who Am I? that dives deeper into all of these. I have um, affirmations and meditations, EFT work, and journaling within this free mini course that you can take 
It's completely free and you can go to www.meganhillica.com slash who am I. That's W-H-O-A-M-I. So I would love for you to go walk through this. I think it's really important to acknowledge for yourself in your own grief, in your own life. And I want to remind you that healing is up to you and that is up to you to do the work and that no matter how much work I'm doing here trying to help you and support you and guide you, I am not here to save you. Nobody else is going to come save you. It's up to you to save yourself and you have to come come and and show up and do the work and actually, you know, if you if you join this free mini course, actually doing the guided meditations and the affirmations and actually doing the things that help process what you're experiencing. So thank you for joining me today. I really hope this was helpful. I love to hear from you. Um, message me on Instagram at Cultivated Family. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Take care. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Cultivated Family Podcast. While this episode is over, you can continue to join me in conversation on Instagram or Facebook at Cultivated Family. I would love to see you there.